Sci-Fi for Me presents Jason Hunt, Timothy Harvey. This is the H2O Podcast. Look at that. Look at that. Hmm. It's, it's, it's us. And we're so here. So it is. We are. In the same room. Even so. What's up with that? And look at this. We've got one, two... Three cameras tonight. Right, yeah. Welcome, everybody, to the H2O podcast. I said every whaty, every, every, every whaty, everyone, everybody, everyone body. Everybody. There's a song in there somewhere. There's a couple so, of different there's songs. There's a couple of songs in there, right. yes. So, so Wang Chung, like everybody has fun tonight. Yes, and, uh, that's right, that's um, right. <laughs> sure, Death back Angel, to the 80s. Death Angel Shadows as well. That's a great green screen trick. It is, <laughs> What's really what's really remarkable is that I'm not actually here, nor am I actually calling in. You're all just seeing things, and you really need to see somebody about that. Tim is an astral projection. I've never tonight. actually existed. I'm he's, just he's a, he's a figment of our imagination, which says something about all of you. Well, and you know, to be fair. If I'm the hero of the piece, I do need a nemesis. So the thing is, is that everyone thinks they're the hero of the story. Mm-hmm. They're not. Hi, guys. They're the hero of their own story. Well, yes. So there's there is that. that. <laughs> so anyway, uh, for those of you who are new to the program, this is actually our first time back in the studio in a while, a long while. A while. Uh, a lot of that, I mean, we, of course, um, in the pandemic, the height of the pandemic, of course, we were just being distant just because that's how everything was. But a large part of my job has involves working at night because I work for a grant writing company, which means a lot of things are due like in the morning, right? Uh, or at midnight, the deadline is yeah. <laughs> turn it. Into, you know, turn it by midnight. And on, while Mondays um, are not necessarily when those deadlines often happen, uh, which is where the, the show is on Tuesday nights now, obviously, but uh, it's been on Monday nights for a very long time. Yeah, that what for? How many years? Yeah, quite a few years. Um, but but it's just the reality thing, and it probably happen again. I'm sure there'll be times when I have to call in. But the goal, one of the goals of of this new year, is to get back into the studio as often as possible. And because uh, it's always nice. I mean, you know, yeah, cool. It's it's one thing. To, you're sitting at your computer. You have all this information at your at your fingertips, just like that. But at the same time, uh, it's the solo cameras. The one you're looking for is that one there. So because we have three three cameras and the controls are over here. Those of you who are watching this, and so which is why I keep looking over here because. I can't see what the cameras are seeing. <laughs> well, and I guess, I guess maybe I need to set up something over here so, so it's easier for the both of us to see. But I'm kind of just monitoring the rust as it falls off. Because as much as Dave is impressed with the engineer of the show, this is her first time sitting behind the buttons. And also in a while. Uh very long while. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, so a couple of two, three years. So while. This yeah. is a, all a very long way of saying if things go completely off the rails tonight, <laughs> do not be surprised. Yeah. And the, the clicking. I may burst into fire. The clicking that you're hearing is 
uh, if, if, if Mindy wants to, to demonstrate, if you want to pull up the solo camera graphics and pull that one up for, for live and then uh, switch. No, there you go. See, this is a new toy that we've got for her to play with in, in, the, in the box because for whatever reason, we have a limited number of places where we can connect cameras. That mm. one doesn't have an on-off switch. And so it's, yes. Hold on, okay. I can figure the, this out. So, so we basically, I've cheated. I've taken an old Hi everyone, box. I just, <laughs> I just have, stole the camera. We have all of the cameras working tonight. So my complaint, is you need to move it closer because I'm short, and as you guys can see, I'm hunched over so I can reach this thing. And then maybe figure it out, because it might be easier to do it on here versus down there. I can't do it over there, mm -hmm. because both of those cameras are going into the same space on the computer. Well, no, then That's you have to I just move. It. You need to move it this way, because it's too far <laughs> of a reach. I'm short. Which means I have short arms, too. You know, all of this stuff is going to get cut when I make it into the podcast form, right? It's just... So that means you folks watching it live. It's an exclusive. It, you, yeah, you get extra yeah. content. This is the, people, <coughs> people pay for that, you know. Okay, so one quick thing before we get started tonight. I do want to do a technical thing. I want to make sure on the sound because we've had some sound glitches and we've had some new, uh, some new setups and some stuff. And like mm. I said... We have not been in this particular arrangement for a couple of years now, so that microphone that Tim has I was here has been dormant. Last year. Where, yeah, yeah, did you? Yeah, we, you we had a couple, like we, had a, we had a few times, but yeah. not very many. So that, many that microphone has not been used very much, but I want to make sure that our levels are good because right. everything has moved. I've pulled everything apart, put it all back together, and so we want to make sure that it's... Right. Working the way it's supposed to work, right? So mm -hmm. you know, a lot of times when we use these wireless microphones, the levels are quite a bit different. Death Angel Shadow says Tim sounds great. Thank you. The implication there is that I don't. <laughs> so, uh, Dave says sound is okay. So, all right. All right. So sound is okay. okay. I'll take okay. Better than we can't hear you at all. But, yes, yes, right. That's I'm a little quieter. I sound a little farther away. Well, let me. Let me yeah, my mic do. is actually physically closer to my face, so that's well, also Well, and issue. and this one. Let me not breathe Please. into the microphone. This one here is kind of live, so it's. Um, you keep dropping in and out, like drop? you're there and then you're not there, then you're there but then you're not there. That's. Wait, I'm I'm losing wait. I'm cutting in and out on the on the microphone? From what I hear, yes. And I don't know if what I hear is supposed to be important. Well, what you hear is supposed to be what's going out <laughs> over the air. So yeah, it's kind of important. Uh, so kids at home, is Jason cutting in and out? Because that's what that's what Mindy's hearing. Uh, move it. Okay, so take take the dial on my port over there, number one, and right. just, just the white one or the the gray one at the bottom, the okay. the the pot, and then just clock rotate it clockwise just a little bit. One, two, three, four, just a little more, just a little more. And I've got to move this because okay. we have different ways that we can adjust. And I just want to make sure that we don't overpower things because if we get too hot on certain things, how does that sound? Sure. 
Well, at least you it haven't over, gotten in and out yet. 2023, the year of Jason's mic issues. If that's all the issues that I have, yeah. then I'm going to think we're going to be doing pretty good. Go back to the uh, handhelds if we need to. I mean. Well, I mean, they're standing by over here. We do have we do have the microphones on the stands, so right. we can yeah. do that if we need to. But, uh, you know, it's, uh... All right, so, okay, so now we need to do another mic check, and I'm thinking that mine sounds okay. I'm looking at my levels over here, and they're probably still a little bit low. Uh, so let's dial, let's dial mine up just a little bit more, and then we should be okay. We should be, we should be where, where it's an acceptable level, so why don't you... Sure. Looks and, like... of course, you've got to talk to where you're actually over your mic, because looking where like this well, will affect things, too. Sure, and, and, yeah. and I'm... Okay. Pretty much where. We say, uh, where everybody says it's pretty good. Okay, okay. so. Okay. We got mail. No. I have no idea what this is. This is from Mason Jar Press. Okay. Um, and it's addressed to Sci Fi for Me. So I'm going to assume that it's something related to Sci Fi for Me. And does everybody know what our viewer watching count wants to be tonight? Yes, where, where, what are we trying to do? We're trying to beat Chicken City. Tim Pool's Chicken City. And right now they've got Tim 31 has a chicken viewers. Coop. And he does a live stream from his chicken coop. And people watch chickens be chickens. Sure. On Chicken City. And it's a gag. And how many people are watching Chicken City? Right now we have 31, but I've right, seen it folks, like a few hundred. You got to share the links. You got to tell people out there that I mean, I don't care about Chicken City, but you know, you should. I, 30, I about 30, 35, yeah. 40. I mean, I'm looking at the view count. I'm looking at the content. All right. So, book. We have a book. Ooh. Is a book. What is this book? Ah. Okay. It is. Throw that over there. It is a book called After the Rapture by Nancy Stolman. It is a novella. Little pulp-ish mm -hmm. yeah. cover there. In this world of... This is, a, this is a review blurb. In this world of Walmarts, Barbies, Ken's, Orgies, Timeshares, 7-Elevens, Clones, A Red Lake, Michigan, and Dreams... Nancy Stolman's humor and talent shines. The rapture becomes more than just a rapture. It's a world turning on its head, acceptance, and then finding a new normal. Redeeming and heartfelt, this dystopian novel in flashes is not one to forget. So it's, uh, it's apparently a story that takes place after the rapture. Hence the title. One would, one would think. One would think. So, so we, have a, we have a note. The synopsis confuses me a little to because the podcast, there's a note. And, um, no. it's, it's a press, press yeah, yeah. thing. Um, hybrid text, part satire, part allegory. Uh, the novella was written before the events of 2020, but now seems to comment <laughs> on them. Yeah. So here we go. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Mason Jar Press. I have not heard of that. Well, and the nice thing is, is that, I mean, you've written before. Having the time to to review things as much as we'd like is always a challenge. Novellas are a little easier, <clears throat> yeah, because you can. Uh, they're well, and a lot the other thing to too, and like we were talking about with Bruce McAllister on having 
the the need for short fiction, you know, because hit, that's his specialty. Is right. he does he does short stories and novellas, and there are not too many places, publications or websites or places where you're going to find short stories as much anymore. It's coming back in vogue. Mm. Uh, Crazy Eight Press is I think they're on their third or fourth thrilling adventure yarns. You know that that group of pulp style fiction and um, there is uh, there's there's a book that they're doing that's a collection of essays about the Joker that's coming out here yeah. in a little bit okay. but those but that's not fiction yeah. uh, you know that's it's think pieces and essays right, right. and commentary and stuff but if you if if there are people that are willing to read short stories then I would imagine that there's probably people out there who are willing to write short stories. So, right. you know, there definitely needs to be more of that. And maybe it's something there that we have an opportunity to include when we do our print magazine this year, because the print magazine is coming this year. I am dead set that it's going to happen this year. So... I'm not sure when, but... But it's the beginning of the year, so we have a little time. It's the beginning of the year, so that's, that's the thing. Um, so there we go. All right, now, on to, on to our topic. Folks, if you're new to this program, <laughs> the concept of the digression um, is one that we lean into hard here. And sometimes it comes later in the show, sometimes it comes like now. The beginning of the show. <laughs> well, I think our circumstances are a little bit unusual in this right. particular case because it is our first time back. Right. We do have some bugs right. we're working out, um, and I do have. Did I? Did we get our? Did Odyssey unmute itself? No, I was just okay. Because Odyssey sometimes just. I was just looking to see if there was anywhere I itself. can see who's all or how many people are all in the. Um, okay, so, so. <coughs> I can pull it on my phone. No, hang on, hang on, hang on. I can show you where, folks. Just time out for just a second. If I have to find a way right. to find the so, mouse on one of the other screens, you know this isn't going to work very well. So the mouse, wiggle your mouse. The mouse is right there on the middle, uh -huh. and the far right of the mouse pad is the top monitor on the right. All the way over there you oh. are. Now, down at the bottom of that YouTube screen, mm -hmm. scroll down underneath the bar graph on the left. Mm -hmm. You see the gray bar at the bottom? There's yeah. a scroll bar. Down, 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 there. Slide that slightly to the right. And you can see how many people are watching. And not 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 that far. There, that not back there. Right there. Now you can see us, you can monitor the video, and you can see how many people are actually watching at the time. It's that count right there, that number nine, that single digit, uh, single digit number nine. Well, I'm going to do it like this. I can see you guys and that. Okay. Okay. Now, if... <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyways. All right. So, yeah, one, one, one of the things that we're doing, because some of this stuff we can figure out ahead of time. I mean, I was able to set up a lot of different things, but there are some things that, you know, it's... Once we get in here and actually start pressing the habit of it, right, it for yeah. real, 
Yeah, so I can I can see I'm going to have to run the vacuum for all the rust that's shaking off here down down on the floor. So anyway, so our topic for tonight <coughs> rolls out of the the recent news that James Gunn had a meeting with Henry Cavill, and Henry Cavill uh, let people know that he is no longer going to be playing Superman, at least for now. Right. Uh, because the next Superman film is being written by James Gunn, and it's going to feature a younger Superman. So the idea here is, as we understand it, uh, it's going to follow... Superman, Clark Kent, as he's arriving in Metropolis. Not an origin story per se. Thank goodness. Um, now, in in fairness to the to the, how many times are we going to see the origin story of this character, or that character, or whatever? Right. Uh, it it is sort of the trope of the comic book movie, mm -hmm. right? Uh, for good and for ill, and for all the fact that it's twenty minutes too long. Um, the, the Pattinson Batman film, Jason and I were watching in the theater going, wait, did, did, have we not, his, did his parents die in this? I, don't, I can't tell because I've not seen it happen. Yeah. Um, which was actually really nice. So uh, I'm actually fine with that. And, and I know that there are a lot of folks who are uh, uh, quite upset about Henry Cavill not playing the part anymore. And I think, and I think people are upset more because, one, the studio said he could say he's coming back. There's one part of it. And two, he's never had a real opportunity to play Superman. That, well, and I think... And that, a, a, lot of, a lot of fans feel shortchanged um, I, by I think that. you and I feel that way. A lot of the folks lot I'm of seeing online, online that's, that's not what I'm seeing. It's the Snyderverse... Well, there's that, and, there's that too, yes, and but... That, those are the louder voices. And, and again, folks, um, just because we've made it very clear in the past that we have real issues with the Snyderverse, um, not to say that it's not okay to enjoy it. If you're a fan of the Snyderverse, great, that's fine. Um, mm -hmm. it, it, it clearly resonated with a lot of people. Um, even if... We're getting there, folks. Even if, um, on, on a very visceral level, I feel that Zack Snyder is a great visual storyteller. He's not yeah. a great storyteller. He's great with a camera. He is... He also doesn't understand these characters very well. I'm sorry, he, I don't no. think he does. I don't he think doesn't. he does, and that's fine if you disagree with me, but I don't think he does. So, anyway, but... Mm, you saw the thing where they're like... Some of them are like... Sell it to Netflix. It's yeah. like, guys, Snyder no, yeah. doesn't own it. He borrowed... He, he Although, even, well, now, to be fair, David Zaslav has said some of the things we make, we're going to make for other places. So, you know, technically, so, you could argue, hey, Warner Brothers, sell at, the thing you don't like to the other channel. Honestly, at this point, <laughs> it would not surprise me if they did it just because I don't know what's going on over there just right now. Spite. Is, well, no, not out of the spite, just out of the fact that they everything seems to be driven on the potential of making money right now. Which is, yeah, I mean, it's a, a of, it's a business. It's a business. I mean, that's there's fair. There's a lot of stuff that's been pulled from HBO Max in order to make them available other places. They're going to shop them around. You yeah, honestly have to a... consider they're they're bleeding money. Oh yeah. And and I I just saw a thing. Was it today or yesterday? I think it was today. 
they finally, Wall Street has finally said, okay, Warner Brothers, you're, you're kind of okay there. You know, but they're having to, I mean, remember when they made the deal with AT&T, what, $36 billion in debt that he's got to figure out how to get rid of? The, the, cast your mind back to when they first made that deal with AT&T. Yes. The, ugh, just, I mean, the, the, the saga of all of this and the fact that we basically, don't, Warner Brothers isn't like, you know, a distant memory at this point is kind of surprising considering how much this has all been bungled mm -hmm. for how many years now. And, yes. and, and anyway, anyway, um, so right, right now so the, the... I have to, I have to address, I have to address this in the chat. Uh oh. Um, um, two things. Uh, Dave's asking if there's a Darth Vader TIE fighter behind Tim. Yes, it is a Lego TIE fighter X behind Tim on the shelf back over there. And Death Angel Shadow says those cameras along with the set definitely gives the show a true Wayne's World-style cable access feel. Well, that's kind of what we're going for, I guess. Yes. So on our next one, we have to get the wigs. No, we don't. Yes, we do. No, we don't. We no, we, no, we don't. Do we have the wigs? Better yet. Well, yeah, actually, we have a wig. We have, we have, we a, have a wig somewhere... Okay, you guys talk where a I nice can leave this one. A nice shrubbery? Somebody, uh, Dave is suggesting a shrubbery. Well, Maybe we do a little course. plant right mm -hmm. here, you know, something? Sure. Well, I think you, you know, get the nice you say. Are you going to walk across what? all of my uh, all of, all of my cameras? Glare at me you for. walk all across all of my cameras? Do nothing. Um, anyway. Um, the, the, so back to Superman. The, there's bad blood right now between uh, Warner Brothers and Netflix anyway. Yes. So there is, uh, it's unlikely. But, oh my. Um, okay, now there's a story behind this. I'm just saying um, that, that we're not going to be wearing that today. No, we're, we, are, we are not, not going to be wearing this today or any other time. There is a specific... Okay, so <clears throat> Peter Samedi at Alterna Comics mm. was doing... Was it an anniversary stream that they were doing for something for, for the comics company? And... He, well, he was you, doing an open you did, mic. He you was did doing an open, open mic to talk about your stuff. And sure. so there had been a, a few other people who had imitated Peter because Peter's got a very distinct look. You know, he had the long hair and a beanie and sunglasses and whatnot. Mm. And so a couple of other people had done it. And we thought, yeah, it'd be kind of fun. So I did it as well. And this is. I this brought is the stuff home part, to make yeah, him do it. It was all Mindy's idea. I will blame her and take no responsibility for it. Whatsoever. He sat there. He uh -huh. had the beanie. He had the hair. He had the glasses. He had everything so that I, Peter Samedi was exactly, talking to Peter Samedi. I looked exactly like Peter Samedi. Nobody could tell the difference. It was, it was like we were in two places. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Back to Superman. So. Um, <laughs> See, this is when you're on stage, right? And the person who's your scene partner has just blown it, and you've got to stay in character. Right, we're corpse and bad here. Um, so, anyway, anyway, don't lose the coffee, please. So the thing, the thing, the thing with the Snyder thing, you know, a lot of people, 
and and it's not just regular fans, casual fans, Snyderverse people that I'm seeing. You know, Henry didn't get a chance to play Superman. Uh, there are a lot of a lot of other YouTubers out there who are making that complaint as well. That we never got to see Henry. Henry, it's like same kind of same kind of complaints that people have got about John Boyega with the Star Wars sequels. Is he got shortchanged? There was so much potential he got set up. But, yeah. You know, at the in in the Force Awakens, that never got paid right. off, and right. same kind of thing with Cavill. He's kind of Superman in in the Whedon Justice League, ish well, well, at the uh, end. Even, but Henry Cavill never actually got a proper opportunity to play Superman the way everybody expects Superman because when you think Superman you think Christopher Reeve Superman well or you think the animated series uh, for, right. for folks who are younger and I think the the same and again it was the, the curious dichotomy of that is though some of these people and again coming back to the Snyder folks um, Zack Snyder made sure he didn't get to do that I mean, Bat folks, however you feel about the Justice League movies, Batman v Superman is a bad movie. I'm sorry. Yes, it is. It's a bad film. Um, and again, opinion, mine, um, and you can disagree, but it's... it's. This, I, this is an opinion on which we agree. Right. Now, every now and again, there yeah, we, are opinions we, we don't on which we don't agree. But I think that... And, and I, I think Man of Steel set up a Superman 2 could have been, if we if we not had Batman v Superman and gone on to a Superman 2, yeah. or a Man of Steel 2, or whatever <laughs> you want to call it, and I think that potentially that was where you would get, I mean, there's, that was kind of the arc that we were, looks like we were going to get, and then we get Batman v Superman and it blows it, and then we get the, the, the Whedon version of Justice League, which is, eh, and then we get Zack Snyder's Justice League, which is, I mean, uh, we found it to be an interesting movie. I mean, yeah. it was interesting. And, and there are parts of it we liked, and, that, and that's fine. Um, but, yeah. I mean, he, did, he never really got a chance to be what we, a lot of people consider to be the character of Superman. On the other hand, mm -hmm. um, no actor is guaranteed that. That's true. And I think that, that while there... And, and fans and, aren't either. And I think there's... The other, the other aspect of this <coughs> is that people are... Irritated, annoyed, angry with Dwayne Johnson because Dwayne Johnson makes all of this noise and makes all this fuss and, yeah. and a wall of who's who's who, what's it? And Henry Cavill shows up as Superman at the end of Black Adam. In quite frankly, in cameo, his, his one of his closest appearances to Superman. Yeah, I mean, it's like wait a minute. In a great, in it's a comic in book a, actor, in a bright looking costume, and everything. I know, and the spit curl, and He's everything. Got everything. It was nice, and yeah. they're like. Is does, is he is he back? And well, then the studio said he was back. And then then they hired James Gunn and Peter Safran, who now have a new plan, and they well, take and it to Michael DeLuca and Pam Abney and say, "Here's what we There was do. some other stuff going on behind the scenes with Dwayne Johnson. There has been because causing some issues. And and look, I mean, I I quite enjoy The Rock in a lot of things. I like Dwayne Johnson in a lot of movies. Um, and he looks like Black Adam. That's and, that's been the selling point for this movie since the very beginning it was announced. And I'll be honest, if Black Adam had come out the same time as like Iron Man, yeah, I think it would have been a hit. I really Wrong think wisdom. it would have been a hit. But it's become it it's it is too much in the Snyderverse vein. 
Well, I think there's that, and I think the other part of it is that we're in this, it, it's released in theaters, we're in this limbo time period where nobody knows what DC is doing. That's part of it. And DC doesn't even know what DC is doing. Well, yeah. And Dwayne Johnson hoping to take advantage of that, and in some cases, what, 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 what I'm, 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 I'm the one. He made a, he made okay. A, <laughs> you made a sudden movement. You made a sudden sound, movement. A sound and a sudden movement. So we'll switch the cameras. <laughs> anyway. Oh my. So so Dwayne Johnson is maneuvering, and this is before this is before James Gunn and Peter Safran is there. Dwayne Johnson is maneuvering. He's he 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 gets he demands a producer credit on the animated Super Pets thing, which I enjoyed by the way. And I thought it was at cute. the premiere, at the premiere, insisted on having a a a bar with his tequila, at the premiere for the League of Super Pets. Which PG, is a kid's movie. Yeah, it's a kid's movie. Yeah. So little things like that and the noise that he's been making behind the scenes because he's, he's wanting to be the mover and shaker. And he's thinking, well, I brought Henry Cavill back. I've got some cachet now. I've got some stuff to, to happen. What do you mean Black Adam's not going to be in this first phase? And thing? I think that, that this is, <laughs> however it's worked out, um, considering the, the chaos that has been the DC film experiment um, has been I mean he saw an opportunity went after it sure and like he does and he does that that's what he does I mean he's been doing that since he was since he was a wrestler and 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 sometimes it works out sometimes it doesn't and this time it didn't um, the disappointment for you again for a lot of fans who were excited about seeing uh, Henry Cavill play it again but at the same time you're you bring in a new creative team to basically go look Let's look at what we've done before. Has that worked out for us? No. no. Um, and this happens all the time, folks. It happens on TV. It happens in comics. It happens in movies. It happens in books. It happens in you know pretty much every sports, yeah. uh, politics. Yeah, it's it's. I have a correction. Wolverine sixty six says that it was for Black Adam, not Super Pets, for the tequila. Well, I, I I've heard I've heard uh, the I've, super heard, pets. I've heard for the Super Pets I've as heard well, for the and super it was pets. turned down because it was this is not appropriate is to have this. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it, it, it's, I'm sure. Now, would, they could have had it at Black Adam. And yeah, and I think that would have been fine. But. Um, and if you haven't seen Black Adam, folks, um, I was entertained. I haven't seen it yet. I, I, I need to watch again, it. Again, it feels like a throwback. It doesn't, and, and that's, yeah. and it's not necessarily, a, I mean, I don't mind throwback stuff sometimes, but it feels like when you're going into this period where, okay, the Snyderverse is, we, like it or not, the Snyderverse is done. Yeah. Right? And he's moved on to other things. So Black Adam feels very much like a late to the party. Leftovers. Uh, yeah, it feels like something that's like, oh, well, we made this. Let's just release it. Yeah. And that's unfortunate because um, Pierce Brosnan is great. Aldous Hodge does an, an interesting take on Hawkman that I wanted to see more develop. Um, and and uh, he's Black Adam's pretty interesting character. I'm, I like the character uh, my, anyway. Um, I was entertained. But yeah, it feels it feels very much like a ten years ten year old movie. All right, so now that we've established that Snyderverse is gone, right, and we've got a new Superman coming in, we have no idea who it's going to be, and I don't think it's going to be Elliot Page. 
Um, that was a that was a gag. There was a meme that was circulating around, and people were making a bunch of noise about that. Let's just let. Do, okay. I've seen I've seen Timothy Chalamet mentioned. I've seen a couple of other actors that I didn't uh. recognize that I thought eh, they got the look kinda. But what what we're doing tonight, and Wolverine starts with his wish list here on uh, this what Superman. He's wanting Superman movie not written or directed by James Gunn because his DC work has been lacking. Oh, I've uh, enjoyed... He thinks that... Uh, so, who was it? Um, Dave says that possibly Christopher McQuarrie uh, could... It's not It's not Kevin McQuarrie. Christopher McQuarrie of the Mission Impossible movies and Top Gun Maverick I, could write a good Superman movie. Well, and, and quite frankly... Um, but if, James Gunn is writing it, so this is all academic. Right. Um, now, he may not be the only person who writes it. He may right, he might bring somebody in. Yeah. Um, and if you've not... If you've seen... Brightburn, um, which is not, which is a super, it's a Superman movie, it's mm -hmm. a Superboy movie, ish, um, except that it's, it's a, it's got the the serial numbers filed off. Well, and it's, and, I mean, it's there was no hiding it. I mean, there was no deny. There was basically like I'm making a Superman movie. Um, now he produced it. He didn't direct it. Yeah, um, and but it is, it's an Elseworlds. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's, been, it's a Superman origin. It's a it's a Superman origin story horror. Right. Film. The idea being, but if you're, what's interesting about the film is that it actually shows a very strong understanding of the character because to make the mayor of that, mm -hmm. to make the evil version and uh, be as effective as that film turns out to be it's not a particularly big movie right it's I mean, for all the fact it's it's a you know evil child super villain thing um you know evil superboy um it's a fairly self-contained i mean there's there's not that many main characters it, it stays in a relatively small geographic space um <clears throat> but it to me it showed an actually really strong understanding of mm. Almost what Snyder got wrong in the sense that um, we've talked about before how he pushed that uh, real world impact, mm -hmm. and and so you end up with physics, physics, yeah, and lots of murder death. Um, and here it's the same thing, except that it's this is the bad guy, right? Right, and understanding how that's why it would be, and and the antithesis of the hero. This is why people are dying, is because they're not the hero. They're the villain of the piece. And I think it was a pretty strong... I mean, it's... I enjoyed it. It's not a perfect film by any stretch of the imagination. It's got a great cast. Right. Um, and, and, it's, and it's fun to watch, um, if you're a horror fan especially. Because it's superheroes and horror. I mean, you know. And it was it's before like, the boys. Before and, the boys, yeah, yeah. things like that. So, um, And I quite enjoyed The Suicide Squad. It was... As a fan of the, of the comics... Um, uh, there's a lot of the there have been various versions of the Suicide Squad in comics that have not understood the potential for humor and so I really enjoyed it but um, so I'm looking forward to seeing what it comes up with if nothing else because we need something new anyway and I'm, I'm we do. fingers and crossed that it'll be well and, and the other part of it is you know, if you're going with a younger <laughs> office dog really if you're going, the office dogs have come to play. If you're if you're going with a younger Superman, mm -hmm. you all right? Come on. 
Are, there is uncertainty. You, decide or not. What are you going to do, dog? Come on. If you're going <laughs> to... Come on. Would you... Would, you... <laughs> Fine, I want whatever. you to just, pick me just, up. Just go away. Anyway, all right, so... So it, you have you have potential. What I would like to see what is the first first when I when I heard younger Superman arriving in in Metropolis, my first thought was John Byrne. Oh yeah, and mm -hmm. the sure. the Man of Steel six part that he did right after Crisis. Crisis on right, reintroduced. Come the... here, you dumb dog. Sit down. So you have this scene and one scene in particular. Is uh, Jonathan and Martha Kenner at home, mm -hmm. and there's a noise upstairs, and they go to see what the noise is, and it's Clark, and he's sitting there, and he's in the shadow, and he's just hunkered down. And he's like, they all wanted a piece of me, mm -hmm. and it's this, and it, and you get this flashback where he saves the space plane, right? And it's the first time that he's actually come out in public. You know, Martha's been saving all these newspaper clips of all these, you know, right. you know, uh, guardian angel and miracle rescues and that kind of thing. And Jonathan's like, why do you keep all this stuff? He's just like, oh, I'm, just, I'm just an eccentric old lady keeping these things. But then he saves the space plane and people see him for the first right, time. Right. And he's like, what am I going to do? I, I now no longer have a life. And that's where Jonathan sits there and says, I got me an idea. And so if that's our starting point mm -hmm. for this movie, I will be very happy with that because that's something, that's an aspect of Superman that we haven't gotten before that still would be consistent with the, with the character. Well, and, and I'd also like to see, in, in sticking with, with uh, his parents, is in the current, at various points in the history of Superman, it's been, you know, uh, Jonathan has died. Yes. And But there have also been periods where they've let Jonathan live because as various points in reboots and, and things and this thing and that thing. And currently, Jonathan is alive in the, in the comics now. If you were to go pick up a Superman comic now, you would see him having dinner at the farm with his, with his parents. And this is Pa Kent, not Son Kent, which is also a Jonathan Kent. Right, yes, right. So Superman's son is Jonathan. Right, named you know, after his, his, his father, human father. Um, and the... I would like to see a Jonathan Kent that's alive. Mm -hmm. Okay, and there, <laughs> yes, the, there are some very powerful moments, not Man of Steel, um, where Jonathan Kent dies on film. Okay, there's one. There's one. Yeah, it's, there's one. One. Um, and and did they, wait, did they, have they ever? Did he? Well, he was still alive in the animated stuff. I uh, guess they he didn't was. kill him in the they animated. Kill, no. Um, no, oh no, he died in Smallville. Eventually, John, John Schneider's uh, Jonathan Kent. Eventually, died. he had a lot of time yeah. where you could be a, a, a well, character in the series. That show ran ten seasons, and it was eight seasons too long. I, I would not disagree. Um, but the uh, and I tried watch making it all the way to the end. I got his. I I was I was pretty solid on it until he got to Metropolis, and I'm thinking eh, Metropolis yeah. is too close to Kansas. This is this is not working for Metropolis me. Metropolis is apparently Chicago. Yeah. Um, but anyway, 
I, I want to see, because quite frankly... <sighs> they did get Central City right in the Arrowverse, because, you know, location-wise, it's, you know, Central City and Star City are, are pretty close to each other. Right, it's, yeah. it's Kansas City, right. basically. So the the <sighs> there is a there is a tendency in comic book storytelling, and it's not just comic books. You see it in novels and, and and other things as well, and in films, where somebody has to die to provide the motivation for a character to do the thing. And in um, well, the term the term in comics is often fridging when it become when it involves the female character. Who well, is except the the fridging aspect of things that came after. I mean, the concept of somebody dies. Well, that's a specific. I mean, fridging thing. is a specific fridging part is a specific of it. Thing, right. That's Gail Simone's fault. That's no. That's Gail the guy, Simone did it. Well, no. That's first the, in the in the in the Kyle in the Kyle Rayner Green Lantern. She wasn't writing that. She was the one who did. She she basically sat there and because she was right. Remember what she was? She wasn't writing anything at that point. She was just a reader, and she wrote like uh, I think she had a, a blog or something where she sat there and tore into that. Oh. Okay. And that's where the term came. But but anyway. it's but but that's a level, <clears throat> that's part of this thing where it's like the motivation for our hero, right is. The death of Batman's parents, um, Uncle Ben, Uncle Ben, or for the Flash, it's my dad is in prison because my mom was murdered, and they, he, he was. Except that wasn't the original origin of the Flash. No, that was wasn't. Jeff Johns uh, coming back. Well, and, but and, and, you know, Obi Wan Kenobi. But the right. de the death of the mentor is part of the hero's journey from from Campbell. Right, but the problem is, is that a lot of times it has become this thing where it's like a trope. Oh, yeah, it's, it's like it's like Disney movies where. Oh. Okay, so Disney movies, yes. you have to have at least one parent who's dead. Yes, and it's usually the mother. And it's usually enough. the mother, and it's well, and I think that part of that is, and I think what Disney's doing there is for those stories is, the heroine has to become a heroine without the direction that they would get from their mother. That support, so they have to do it on their own. So it makes a sure. journey again. We come back hero's to the journey. The hero's journey. Yeah. But the, the the thing is, is that there's a strength that Clark Kent gets from his parents in the comics. This support, this place that he can always go, mm -hmm. where he doesn't have to feel like the strongest man in the room, the fastest man, the hero. Right. He can go home. And have his mom talk to his dad about having a bad day, or tell his mom that he met this girl in at, at the paper he's working. Or while he's eating apple pie that mom just pulled out of the oven. And it's there's this there's there's a humanity that I think that needs to be there. Um, okay, so, so casting a younger actor does, does two things. One, it enables you to reinvent the character for. This period, right. but it also enables you to have that actor play that character for more movies. The, yes, that's that's the key. Is we want to we want to get at least four four films out of this guy. Uh, you need 10, 12, 15 years on even the, if you're on just, the deal. Even if you just want to stick with a trilogy, you're looking at nine years. Yeah, on average, because I mean the effects the effects turnaround time on this stuff can take some time. And even if you're throwing millions and millions of dollars at it, it can take some time. I think the other thing too is you talk about death of the death of the the mentor character, the father figure, and that sort of thing. You compare Man of Steel with Superman seventy eight, and a lot of times the death 
maybe the motivation for the character, but in this particular case, uh, it, it, with Superman 78 especially, but all of the times where Jonathan has had a meaningful death in the Superman story, the, the meaning of it has always been, I'm not omnipotent. I have limits. It's mm -hmm. humbling. It's a, it's, a, it's a lesson in humility for right. Superman mm -hmm. because he's the Superman, right? He's, mm -hmm. he's this right. ideal strongman figure, and that even comes in the costume because the costume is based on the old uh, strongman from, from the carnivals. Right. And he's got all of this power, and, and, it's, and it's perfectly said in, in Superman 78, all the things I can do, all those powers, and I still couldn't save him. Mm -hmm. That's humbling, and that brings him down to earth. And you're, you're right, it's the, the humanity aspect of Clark Kent. And I think John Byrne really nailed it when he's, he, he went after this idea that Clark is the person right. and Superman is the disguise. Mm -hmm. Whereas you flip it around with Bruce Wayne, you know, Bruce Wayne is the mask that Batman wears when he's right. got to get out and not be Batman. And, you know, I've said for the longest time that out of the three, if you look at Superman's origin story, you know, the adopted son mm -hmm. who gets raised by two parents in the Midwest, family values, all these different things, he's got the most stable life out of the three of the Trinity. Oh, sure. Wonder Woman is the alien if you're if you're going for Superman's an alien, well, no, Superman grew up in Kansas. Well, he may he, have been born on another he, planet. Yeah, he's strictly speaking. I mean, he's not. He's human. an extraterrestrial, <laughs> but he's not an alien. Right. He's not. He's not an outsider as much as Wonder Woman is. Well, and that's one of the things that, that Snyder really leaned into, sort of that adoptive experience, that that looking for looking for identity, which yeah. is which is not necessarily a bad way to tell a Superman story. But you only have so much time in a movie. You, I mean, yeah. and and yes, thirty seconds in a movie is forever. But you only have so much time, which means if you're going to tell that kind of story, you have to let it breathe. You have to let it breathe. It's just, yeah. I mean, there are certain kinds of stories that need time to develop. Um, the and Keel is right. They did they did that in Lois and Clark as well. With Dean Kane as Superman, you know Clark Kent is who I am. Superman's what I do. Right. Superman is the job. Well, that came out about the same. It came Roughly. that followed. Yeah. That followed Burns. Yeah. So, and I think that I think that one of the things that we, if you, the the antithesis of that is actually a character from the comics where, which is the Eradicator, which is basically Superman without his humanity. Yeah. And I think that 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 learned experience where he becomes, even though he is. Not human. He is an extraterrestrial. He becomes one of the most human characters in comics, because and he's an optimist. The yes. the the darkness that I mean, there's there's so many Elseworld alternate reality stories where Superman is the villain, and one of the reasons that's so popular in you know, writers keep coming back to that one, and sometimes uh. sometimes in really interesting ways, sometimes not. I mean, I the Injustice games are hugely popular, but it just seems to go on forever for me. Yeah. I mean, I, I there, look, there's, there's some of those, some of those Elseworlds where he's been the villain. I've really enjoyed. There's no <coughs> well, question. Well, and even, even if you go to something like, say, Speeding Bullets, 
or Red Sun, where he's the villain, mm-hmm. and, or or he's an anti-hero in the, in the in in Speeding Bullets, he still turns into the he, optimistic hero he at the end. He evolves into that. He evolves yeah. into that. Yeah. And a lot of that has to do with Lois Lane. Which is another thing that I want out of this, because, okay. <sighs> uh, Mr. CCDV asks about the word antithesis. The antithesis is the opposite of something. So, right. So, the an- literally, if you break it down, so, um, the antithesis. Yes. So The opposite idea. So the antithesis of Mr. Boss here is Mr. Harvey. <laughs> That's not quite accurate. No, but. Well, okay, so the antithesis of Superman is if you look at Ultraman from from Superman from uh, Earth Three, he's a villain. Or right? you look at Homelander from the Boys. Homelander okay, from the Boys. Example there. Basically, is the opposite. You're holding up a mirror. It is the anti idea of the character, the the concept. Or the, the talk about uh, Brightburn. Okay. Yeah, it's, Brightburn it's, is it's, another example of that. I yeah. mean, it's it's literally what if Superman was evil? Super Superboy yeah. was evil. Wolverine six two six says, really hope the Superman movie doesn't have Clark spending a dozen years being an ice cave hermit. That that took what five minutes in the seventy eight movie. So the, and, the, and the unfortunate thing is, is that you're looking at that Man of Steel. Oh, uh, Mr. CCDV says I put I should have put a smiley face on that. I guess he was being sarcastic. Okay, there we go. Yeah. It's hard to tell sometimes well, because yeah. you know you only listen. There to is no sarcasm the font. There's not. There's not a. There sarcasm needs to be font. a sarcasm font. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean that, and, and the thing is, is that I actually liked that part of Man of Steel because it showed him. Walking the earth, learning who he was, mm. and saving people as he went. Yeah, which kind of goes into <laughs> the headlines, the clippings right, that, that yeah, Martha exactly. Kent was keeping. But, it, but it, 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 it's again, it was it, it's how to handle it ultimately. But uh, look, I like Amy Adams a lot. I think she's an amazing actress. I think she does beautiful work. She, I've yeah, seen her in some great stuff. I wasted as Lois Lane. Wasted as Lois Lane. Just completely. Wasted as and as former in that in those films, she deserved much much more. Quite frankly, I would be okay with having a Lois Lane movie, like because, Super, Superman's girlfriend, Lois Lane. Because in the comics, she is not just Superman's girlfriend or wife in this case, because they're married now. Right, um, she's like. An investigative reporter. There's a there was a whole storyline a couple of years ago now where the various spy agencies in the DC universe were being attacked, mm. um, and there was a new organization called Leviathan that was coming in and, uh, and yeah, I and heard about this taking one. out Checkmate and going out you know uh, mucking up Amanda Waller's world and all this stuff and it was like who what is going on? Although to be fair. Amanda's wall, Amanda Waller's world does need some mucking up every now and again. Yes, well, just to keep her on her toes. She is the most. The most <coughs> okay, if we. She is deliciously evil. That is a, that is a, uh, okay. We need to continue to carry that actor over into Angela Bassett. Uh, no, not Angela. I want CCH Powder. No, C, well, CCH Powder would be great in there. No, Angela Bassett's not in the. Uh, she's not Who's, the. Viola Davis. Um, Viola Davis. She's Viola great. Davis. Both, either one, CC Pounder or Viola Davis. I'll take them both. I want CCH Pounder. They're so good. But if CCH Pounder gets committed to a Warehouse 13 reboot, we may have a problem. Okay, fair. Um, the and no, there's not officially any news about a Warehouse no. 13. I, I say that, and then suddenly it was like, wait, what? What? We didn't hear about this. What? No, there's not. Sadly. 
But uh, in the comics, Lois Lane ended up being the one who was like going, okay, I'm a reporter, I'm an investigator, and she ended up directing some of the most smartest uh, DC detective-type characters. She was the linchpin. And I think that's something important. You have to remember that Lois Lane, even though in that classic, Margaret Kidder is, is wonderful in the role, even she did not get to play Lois Lane to the full potential. And I would really like that. I'd really yeah. like to see, because Clark Kent learns from Lois Lane. He On the journalism side of things, yes, he she does. She makes and they him don't, a better they don't play reporter. That very much. And I think that, that would be really nice to see. Um, now, they did a lot of that in Lois and Clark, with Terry Hatcher and Dean Cain. And I think that, that there's, there's the... And, and you get it from, you get it from, you know, our... TV Superman now. You get that relationship with their partners. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's something that it's it's important. Amy Adams is too much the damsel in distress yeah. in the Snyder film. She's, which is wrong for Lois Lane. I mean, Lois, well, Lois can be in danger. It's, it's not just the fact that she's damsel in distress. She's window dressing for most of it. Yeah, she's, we... She's a scene partner to do something for somebody else. And, and it changes Amy Adams terribly. She basically exists <clears throat> to be Superman's girlfriend. Yes. And that is a disservice to the character. It's a disservice to Amy Adams. So a, so a strong oh. storyline for Lois Lane that would enable... Because you want that contrast. You want her to look at this kid from Kansas uh -huh. and go... <clears throat> All right, Smallville, show me what Impress you got. Impress me, yes. right? And you yes. want him, and because it gives... And I want her to call him Smallville. I think that, that right, would be lovely. Well, and the thing is, is that she's she's the experienced reporter. Yep. He's the one who's learning. Now... And I, and I would be perfectly fine, too, if this new batch, whatever gives us a Lois Lane that's slightly older than Clark. Because Pulitzer Prize-winning reporter, she's been doing it for a while Right. when Clark shows up. Now, maybe Clark shows up at Metropolis when he's 30 or something, you know, how, however long it's taken him to wander the Earth and figure out what he's going to do, and then he saves the space plane, and she's already, at that point when he meets her, a Pulitzer Prize-winning reporter. Mm -hmm. So... 32, 35, whatever. I'm, I'm perfectly fine with Lois Lane being slightly older than Clark. Well, yeah, and, and I think that, that <clears throat> the idea, that, and again, this comes back to just cultural things, the idea that our, our male lead is older than our female lead mm. uh, is, is kind of a cultural artifact. Yeah. It's not a... But she can't be too much older because that's a completely different kind of movie. Right, well, yeah, and, you know, having, uh, I think the, the biggest difference in age between me and, and um, an ex of mine was seven years. Um, mm -hmm. And it was, I mean, most of the time it didn't matter, yeah. but every now and again it kind of did. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, I think that, I think that having that, that important part of him becoming... Superman and building this life in Metropolis and developing this relationship with the building that core group of people by the end of this first film I don't need to have Lois and Superman as a couple 
agreed. I don't need Superman to have defeated... Okay, it's going to be an earth-shattering threat. That's how these movies work. But I don't need it to be... Zod, again. Okay, <clears throat> look. I, I actually quite liked, as an, on an intellectual level, how they handled the Kryptonians in Man of Steel. Sure, but, but not for the first movie. Not and for the first you movie. know what they could do? Is they could do Intergang. You could do Intergang. They could do. A, they could give us a version of Lex Luthor that. I know, and the thing is, I don't want them to because Lex. We should introduce Lex in the first film, mm -hmm. even if it's just in passing. Yeah, and the reveal that he's evil is the end of that movie. The, yeah, um, uh, you could if you want to go big, go big with Brainiac. All right. I wouldn't for the first I, film. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to either. But Metallo, maybe. I mean, that's that's where Burn started. See, if you do Metallo, then that gives you a reveal for Lex Luthor. And yeah. Michael Rosenbaum says... And that also introduces the kryptonite in an in a, in a e easy, quick way. Michael Rosenbaum <laughs> says he's interested in coming back. Interestingly enough, no. I think he's old enough now to play an adult Luthor. I would mm -hmm. not saying that I want him, but... It, I'm saying that I would not object to that. I... I think it would be awkward because that it implies that you're going to sneak Smallville people back in. But I'm not... I'm, I like Jesse Eisenberg as an actor. He was wildly miscast. You know who but, could do it. Hmm. Aside from Clancy Brown, who's now pretty much too old. He's, yeah, I mean, you could have an older Luther. You but, could. Um, <coughs> or use Luther's dad. Peter Weller could be a Lex Luther. Too old. He's too I think old too. too. Although that a younger that's that type of of person. Oddly enough. But I I'm not I'm not into Jesse Eisenberg as, as Luther. No, and, and again, just there's there, there's a way. Hmm, this is a longer discussion. We're not going to do this tonight. There's a way to have Jesse Eisenberg play Lex Luther. We could do this all night. We we could we just make her stay up. Yeah, she's oh, she's not going to do that. Um, I mean, there's and the thing is, is that it's again we come back we come back to how Snyder tells stories, right? And yeah. anyway, um, but anyway, yeah. I mean, you could you should have you should have some sort of uh, realistic challenge for him. I'd love to see the space plane scene because it's so cool. Yeah, we got that. We got something close to that with Superman Returns, right? And, um, and a little bit in the first uh, in '78 where he saves the he saves Air Force One, right? So the concept has been there mm -hmm. for a while. Well, because it's uh, a great visual. Mark Strong as Lex Luthor. So my only right. problem with Mark Strong is that. Um, He's about the right age. He's about the right age. He is. I see, and and again, this is personal taste, right? And and I I completely am aware of that. I see Luther as being stockier. Neil McDonough. If Neil McDonough. Because remember, he was he. If he, Neil he McDonough is willing to, Captain America. if he's willing to shave his head, because he could, because Luther could start off with hair. Yes, that's allowed. He could, uh, but at some point, you want to go the bald pate. 
Um, Neil McDonough, I think, could do it. Now, Neil McDonough, of course, has also played a villain in the Arrowverse. Right. Um, but he was also part of the Howling Commandos. Well, he uh, is Dumb uh, Duggan. Right. Um, and he's in one of my favorite unsung horror movies, um, Ravenous. Mm. But he, yeah, no, I think he, he could definitely do it. And he's also got that. When you watch him play a character who just goes cold, yeah, yeah, he's, he's he'd be a good that. choice. Um, I think there's, uh, yeah, there's some potential there. But I think that it's, you don't want to throw everything in. And I think that one of the things that Gunn understands is that there's a time and place to throw everything in. The Suicide Squad movie is a movie to throw everything in. Yeah. Right? Um, but there's also times where you just don't. One of the things, again, coming back to Brightburn, is that there's a reveal at the end that there's a wider world where these things are, you know, he's not the only thing out there, but it's the end of the movie. Mm -hmm. You're, it's a very claustrophobic film for yeah. most, of the, most of its well, runtime. Well, see, and that's, and that's one of the things that we have talked about and, and complained about with the DC films since the very beginning is Marvel went all of these solo films going from Iron Man and building up and adding a Captain America and Ant-Man and all this and that and the other and oh here are the Avengers right DC went oh they did the Avengers and it made a billion dollars we want to do that too so Justice League and wait a minute hold on you didn't earn that well the thing is is that they could have <clears throat> they could have led with Justice League don't do Man of Steel first you do the big team picture, and then you get your little solo pictures. It's not necessarily a great idea, but it could have been done, and it could have been a better plan. And George Miller would have done it if with the, that's what they would have done with the George yeah, Miller Yeah, but that was, that was before there was ever a plan for I any kind of a know. DC universe or anything. But I, that, I think that for... If, for if the writer's strike had not happened... We would have gotten that, I think, and it would have been an interesting take on the. And on I've the got characters. mixed feelings about that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure about some of the casting. But the thing but is, is that at the time, again, Iron Man could have not worked. Yeah. Well, it it could have been another Green Lantern. Right, and the and, idea and, that and let's remind people: technically, Green Lantern is where the DCEU kind of started until it didn't but you've got Viola, Viola Davis is 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 uh, mm -hmm. um, in that movie and playing that character I mean she's well because there's some things that you Waller just carry over you sit there <laughs> I mean there's because I mean we're, we're still hearing that Henry Cavill may be involved in some in some capacity and the uh, maybe turn as Superman in some capacity um, you may get uh, maybe you'll get an earth too yeah um, you could uh, Brandon Routh could play Lex Luthor. Wouldn't that be a twist? I could see that he's played villains before. Mm -hmm. He's good mm -hmm. at bad guys because he's got that charming smile that yeah. sits there and hides the things. That could be interesting. He's handsome and <laughs> he's poised. Well, and the thing is that because I think Luthor. And this is this is where, and that would that would play into this idea that we have with all of these superhero films and TV shows, bringing in legacy performers from past 
iterations right. like they've all done. Which I have no problem D with. DC more than Marvel. Yeah, I, I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with them recognizing that they've, for all the facts, when this hasn't worked, they kept trying. Mm. And so they've had some actors who have done some really good stuff. Jesse Eisenberg could come back into the, into the DC universe as some other character and not played as his version of Lex Luthor was written wrong. Yeah. Okay, so I'm I'm going to I'm going. To, would you settle down? All right. So, um, dogs. Uh, Dan Turpin, in, Inspector Dan Turpin. Ooh. You know, I'm thinking Neil McDonough could do Turpin, but what if you had um, <clears throat> uh, Drax? What's his name? Drax. Uh, who played Who played Drax? Sorry. I just um, went blank. Uh, Batista? Yeah, yeah, Dave Batista. Dave Batista as, as, as Turpin. See, that would be fun. Then who would you get as Maggie Sawyer? I'm just thinking, who do you have You get somebody Maggie tiny Sawyer? as Maggie Sawyer just for the contrast. Oh, so here, here's where you throw the audience. You cast Amy, Amy Adams, Adams as, as Maggie Sawyer. Because Maggie that Sawyer works. is a great character, and Amy Adams could... Because the thing is, is that you, wouldn't, you don't look at Amy Adams and think... That kind of character, and I think Amy yeah. Adams would have a lot of fun. I playing. think so, and it's not age dependent, right? Now, if you get far enough, no, no. and you do the whole Batwoman thing, then maybe you got something you got to look at. But I don't think they'd ever get that far. Well, the thing is, is that even if they get that far, um, I think there's so I mean, many. Maggie other, would be the older. There's so many the other two. different stories to tell. So I don't, yeah. I don't know that you'd. They may get that far. By the time you get there, they may have built that up. So, maybe Maggie Sawyer has shown up in enough things where that relationship matters. Sure. Right? Yeah. And again, you, you no, build no, about no, this I'm not stuff. talking about the the importance of the relationship. I'm talking about the age difference between right. Maggie and Batwoman because sure. you know that whole thing. Until it wasn't a thing, it was a thing. Anyway, but okay. So Amy Adams is Maggie Sawyer. Dave Bautista is Dan Turpin. And the thing is, is that who would you get? Is you're, you're, Yes. Um, the professor. Emil Hamilton. Emil Hamilton. David Strathern. Okay, so I think you should cast David Strathern in everything, everything. because he's great. Um, he'd he, make a good Luther too. He's a little older. He's a little older. He'd do, I, I he'd think do he'd, a good I, Luther. I, I, I think he's too old for Luther, but he'd make an amazing Luther. Um, he, yes, uh, him as Emil Hamilton. Because the thing is, is that with Emil's character arc. Uh Plus, uh, you know, you've got, you know, Emil's kind of, uh, you know, absent-minded professor thing. Mm -hmm. uh, Strathern could come back to Whistler from Sneakers. He could do, uh, yeah, he, he would be, <laughs> right? yeah, that, that's, that would be so much I, fun. That right. would be great casting. Uh, 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 James Gunn, send the check to, we will, right. we will take everything and, and make it right and make it work. And well, and the thing is, is that I, I so here, here's casting, casting, Superman, casting Clark Kent. I don't have anybody. I'm like, I want this person to play the part. Mm -hmm. I don't have that. I'm interested to see who they cast. <laughs> Did somebody meme us? <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> I love it. Absolutely, I love it. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, let me let me let me do here. Uh, oh, David Strathern is Perry White. Maybe. Ooh, 
I think maybe. He, okay, again, again, we come back to somebody who I have I have this vision in my head from the comics where Perry is this stockier <laughs> character. Yes. But the thing is, is that in terms of playing the part, playing that mixture of compassion and face it, ruthlessness, boss and father figure, um, that that Perry White really has. He could certainly play the part and play it convincingly. He just, my visual in my head is based on the comic, but that's not necessarily, there's a certain amount of, yes, there's a certain amount of visual accuracy to the comic that I'm going to want. But yes. I also have a fair amount of fuzziness on the edges because sometimes it comes down to the right actor for the part. Yeah. And right. so that's a balancing act, right? We're, so. okay. There's an easier way to do that. Uh, but it, it, know, it, she's, she's pulling it, it off, so there we go. We're, we I mean, if that's if that's not if that's not cable access way of doing it, I don't know what is. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, those of you who are listening to this My. show as a podcast, uh, somebody I'm assuming it's Death Angel Shadow, but yes. they have they have memed us and taken our faces and put them on Wayne and Garth. From Wayne's world, and I'm Wayne, and Tim is is Garth, of course, because of course. why not? And so it is. Uh, it's one of those. If you join our Discord and go to the H2O thread, you can see it. Um, yeah. So and and yes, there are other ways that you can uh, that you can see that. Um, if we hit the buttons in this thing. Now, let me, let, me, let me do this because there are a number of people that watch this channel that watch other channels that are connected to a group called the Legion of Memers. Mm. And the Legion of Memers is a group of people online who watch a number of these different YouTube channels and they will take whatever, whatever comes up in the topic of conversation and they'll make a gag out of it and uh -huh. you know they'll take the faces of the different people and they'll turn this thing into a thing and 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 uh, we we just got we just got me not not legion the legion of memers didn't do this but this is the kind of thing they do all the time well there we go and i'm not sure that i want to be the target <laughs> of that very much uh because sometimes yeah. okay okay so anyway all right so back to super prep <laughs> um all right so so casting brainiac casting brainiac uh, interestingly enough, David Strathairn. David Strathairn uh, could do it. So Neil McDonough, we're, just because we're keeping the same names over there, Neil McDonough, no. No. Um, no. He doesn't have the voice. Well, I don't Cause, know. Because it's a voice more than anything it's else. It's a voice more than anything else. Um, well, depends on which one, depends right. on which Brainiac you do. If you do Vril Dox, or, or whoever, the, 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 act, the person, mm -hmm. uh, then you've got one way to do it. And Mark Strong could do that Brainiac. So Mark Strong could do Brainiac, period, because he also yes, has, he the has, voice. has the voice. Um, but Clancy if you're doing Brown, no. Wrong voice. True. I mean, it, if you amazing did, voice, wrong voice. If you, if you did just the alien technology Brainiac, the, the flying metal skull, are you, are you getting down, little mm -hmm. dog? Um, you could do... Um, who else? Um... Who could play Brainiac? Um, if you're Lawrence doing, Fishburne. So could Lawrence Fishburne voice? could do the voice, no question. And and if you're doing a physical version, it, it's Brainiac is not a race dependent. Um, there's nothing no, that. No. I mean, he's green. So yeah, and, and quite frankly, um, uh, is is wait is um is uh, 
Is Michael Cold, is Michael Ironside still alive? Michael Ironside is still alive, I think. I think so. His voice definitely. Yes. yes. No question. Although, um, when we get to Darkseid, who are you going to get to play Darkseid if Michael Ironside is already playing? Well, again, um, one of the one of the things that that Snyder definitely got right was casting uh, Darkseid because the voice. Um, I'm drawing a blank on the actor. He's he's one of the uh, premier audiobook readers. He's an mm. incredible voice actor. Um, all right, so David Tennant and who's the other guy in Good Omens? Help Michael, me out. Michael. Um, um, Michael Sheen. Michael Sheen. Michael Michael Sheen, Sheen is Brainiac. <laughs> I would. I would. That could work. Because if, if you if you've seen the Doctor Who episode, epi the Doctor Who episode, the Doctor's wife, he's the voice of House. So mm. he's already had experience playing deeply disturbing, doing deeply disturbing vocal work. Another possibility for either Brainiac or maybe Perry White, mm -hmm. and this would be a stretch for Perry White. Um, what's his name from? Uh, Oh, he played with Jim Caviezel in that movie about the AI, the show about the AI. Oh, um, um, that is what was the, what Michael. Was, what was the what was the show even called? Uh, Person of interest. Person of interest. Yes. Um, uh, thank you, Wolverine. Ray Porter vo voiced. Thank you, yeah, Dark Ray Side. Porter. Yes, I, 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 and I feel really bad. I couldn't come up with his name. He, he voices a number of series that I listen. I listen to a ton of audiobooks. Uh, but anyway, him as Brainiac. Right. Uh, oh, so the thing is, is that Brainiac doesn't need to be. He's a he's a shorter actor, but Brainiac doesn't need to physically be bigger than Superman. Right. Um, especially if you're going with the full technology version, if yeah. you're looking for the... And I think that the thing about Brainiac, and I think, so what Man of Steel got right with the Kryptonians invading was... Michael Emerson. Thank you, Michael thank Emerson. Thank you, thank you. The world-level threat, mm -hmm. right? And, and showing that well. Brainiac is the same way. Yeah. Brainiac is either... Brainiac is either a small-town threat, in which case it's a very tight story, mm. or it's a world-threatening situation. You know who you get for Perry White? Saul Rubinek. Uh, from Warehouse 13? You know? Uh, played, you know? I, you because know, I could see Stockier, that. older, yeah. seasoned, with a my, little touch of humor. Wouldn't be my first choice, but now I think about it, I think that could. Um, I think that could work. You know, Eddie McClintock is, is Matala. Yes, you could. I, 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 yes, you and could I'm not do just, Eddie. I'm not just saying this is the Warehouse 13. Yeah. No, well, he really could play the part. You could do Clancy Brown as, as Perry White. You could do Yes, you could do Clancy Brown as Perry White. Yeah, um, give him I, two movies and Perry White retires and he and his wife go on a cruise or whatever and then you could bring in some new editor. Um, Steve that, Lombard. <clears throat> there's... <laughs> um, Maybe not Lombard. Okay, so, so because, again... Things, things, ways you shouldn't do things. Um, you have to have Jimmy Olsen. Yes, you do. And you have to have a real Jimmy Olsen. Now, here's and the you have to have that older brother, younger brother relationship dynamic that Clark and Jimmy have. Even though, 
even He's though historically Jimmy was there first. Jimmy was at the planet first. So he was there first, but with Clark being older. Right. So and, and and to the point in the chat, Clark does need to be established when he gets to Metropolis and gets a job at the Daily Planet. He can't just walk in off the street because that's not how it works. Well, so so here's some things. He could do a blog, yeah. some Substack thing, and he's been traveling the world and he's been writing all of these stories, and now he finds himself in Metropolis. Now he's got a track record. And, and taking looking at modern versions of this stuff is is not is not bad. Comics reinvent themselves all the time. Mm -hmm. It's it's how they have survived. Can Saul Rubinek be blustery? Did you not watch Warehouse 13? Oh, yeah. He can watch be, Warehouse 13. Yeah, he could very he much be blustery. He can absolutely be blustery. Um, he's a great performer. He's, he's a wonderful actor. He's, uh, he's done a lot of genre work, which is always fantastic. Yeah. Um, he's also been in a number of spy-based things. He's good at playing sort of the um, conniving... Subtle, subtle villainy. Does that subtle villainy well? Um, Brainiac or Luther. House. What's his name? Boy, we're just terrible with names today. <laughs> God, we're bad. The guy who plays House. Somebody help me, chat. Um, oh, he could. Um, uh, or Bob Odenkirk as Luke, as Luther. Better call Saul, Bob Odenkirk. He can play Luther. He's not too old. He's got the look. He can do action if he needs to, so he can get into the suit and do the fight scenes if he needs to at some point. And then he comes back and he can put on the suit. Hugh Laurie. And he, yeah, Hugh, Laurie. Hugh, Laurie. Hugh Laurie is... Although, is, honestly, uh, Hugh Laurie is Perry White. He's thinner, that could work, too. He's thinner, but he's, he could that do that. That could work, too. Because he's also one of those actors who, if, if you're only familiar with, with him in House... You're missing out on his incredible range of other stuff he's done. Mm. He got to start doing comedy. Well, uh, if, I'm for sorry, that in terms matter, of exposure, it was Bean. What's his name? Could Rowan play Atkinson? Rowan Atkinson could play Lex Luthor. Or not not Lex Luthor could play Perry White. He's a right age. Well, he's also right age, and quite frankly, he's also done drama before, and people just don't pay attention to that. Yeah, um, he's done some. He's another one of those. Actors who you don't everything the things he's most famous for is not or his actual I mean these strengths lie there but he's better in some of these other things. I have a thought. Where would you put um, Brendan Fraser? Oh. So if Brendan Fraser was older, he's too young to be Perry White. White he's too right he's too young to be Perry White. He's too old to be Jimmy Olsen. Ten years he could be Perry White, maybe more. Um, Quite frankly, Bruno Mannheim. He's the head of Intergang. Oh, that could work. Give give him give Brendan Fraser a chance to be a bad guy. That could work. Um, because the charm, um, and and honestly, I think one of the reasons that he appealed to so many actors and why why he it was so hard to find a place for him at the time because of the kind of movies there were. Um, the and and quite frankly, Brendan Fraser turns out to be one of those guys who should have had his career start ten years later when streaming exploded and people well, were looking for the 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 eight episode shows where you could yeah, develop these characters. But you know the story and and, and all that. But I I, I think I mean because Brendan Fraser's on the rise again. His he's is, making a comeback and it's great to see. Yeah, and 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 so I think, but he he. I'm trying to think. I'm sure he's played a 
character who was not nice before. But I can't think of it. I'm sure he has. Yeah. But give him a chance to do Bruno Mannheim. I think lean into inter- head of Intergang. I think that would and work. I think I think that would be a lot of because I mean he's going to play the bad guy. Well, he's going to play the bad guy in in Batgirl. Yeah, he was going to play Firefly. <clears throat> you see now the oh Scott Bakula is Perry White. I I could get behind. Oh that, sure. Maybe now, I would. I could. I could oh, get I'm, that. Dean Stockwell would have been a great Perry White. Dean Stockwell. Yes, he would have. Been he would have been a fantastic in the ni- in Perry the 1980s. Dean Stockwell yeah. as Perry White would have been perfect casting. Yeah. Um, so, again, I think you, you need to... Uh, Fraser could play Morgan Edge, too. He could play Morgan Edge. Yeah. I mean, we, we've kind of wandered far afield. I mean, the things that we're looking for... Basically, what we're looking for in the new Superman movie is Superman. And well, Superman from the DC Comics Superman. And, and can, all of the stuff that comes with support, it. Yeah, but in many ways, I think... It's important to remember that Superman is, while it's the story of Clark Kent saving the world from villains and monsters and all these things, it's also, Clark Kent has a support structure. Mm-hmm. And, and he's had that support structure to anchor him and make him, keep him from being that character who shows up in the alternate universe stories where he's, yeah. Superman goes, I have to save the world and I'm going to save it by... And that group of characters is... Perhaps the strongest group of characters that surround any main superhero out of all of them. Right. The Bat Family, sure, you've got a little bit, but that one's kind of gone off off the deep end stuff. But the Superman family and the Superman cast of characters has really kind of, especially in the '90s when you introduced. Uh, you know Maggie Maggie Sawyer and Turpin and, and mm-hmm. Inner Gang and Blockbuster and all, and all this stuff. You know Cat Grant and right. you, know, you expanded that. And you're right. It's the relationships and it's the characters and how they interact with each other and how they how they play off of each other. It's very much just as important as here I come to save the day. Right. And I, and I think that well even even the Bat Family now is taking cues from that. Bacula as Jonathan Kent. I could work with that, too. Yeah, I could work with that, that too. That could work, too. Um, because currently now with the Bat family, you've got the fact that um, Bruce has finally... I mean, it's it's built into the stories that Bruce has acknowledged that this is his family. These, mm-hmm. are, these are his children. Yeah. And he was not a great dad. <laughs> but they still love him. And that's... I mean, this is part of it, because right now Bruce Wayne doesn't really have access to his fortune and things like that. He's basically... Back to basics, kind of thing, right? Right. Um, so, but, but when Al- Alfred's dead in the comics, if you didn't know, is he still dead? Alfred is still dead, oh. um, but he left. Turns out that he invested his money well. He left Dick Grayson a fortune. Yeah, but that whole Alfred is dead thing is they, well. They, they brought it. They brought him back, and of course, it was a ruse from a villain. And, of course. And they were like, it's like, <laughs> Batman's like, I knew it. I wanted to believe. Of course, I wanted to believe, but. You gave it all. He's like, you gave it away this way. You gave it away that way. I know it wasn't you, but anyway. Yeah, uh, right. But that's a. So the key, the key thing for me is I want to I want to circle back on something that Henry Cavill had said. He was doing a red carpet thing for, I don't know if it was Enola Holmes or if it was Witcher next the season two of Witcher when it was premiered, and they were asking him about Superman, and this is before all of the kerfuffle and yeah, everything. Yeah. And he said basically what he wanted to see was a Superman and that that had hope and joy and optimism. And I thought, 
he's been watching old Chris Reeve interviews because you remember what Chris Reeve said about Superman. At the core of the character, and, and Reeve got it, at his core, Superman is the friend. And if you can get that nugget into the performance, and that is the basis and the foundation for everything else, mm, you build right. out from there. Superman is the friend. He's and and by that, you know, he's supportive. He's you know, he's he's encouraging. He's mm -hmm. optimistic. You know, he's but he's a friend to humanity. And you take whatever relationship that you would have with your friend, right? you know, hey, you know, I need to move a couch. Can you help me type of thing? Oh, yeah, sure, let's do it. Yeah. Writ large. Do you remember, it's, it's, it's a scene, it, it pops up periodically online. It's like, it's like what, two pages and two, or a couple of different, it's not that long in a comic, where there's a person who's going to, uh, I want to say it's a young woman who's... She's going to jump off a building. jump off a building. Yeah. And it, he sits down next to her and he just talks to her. He doesn't... Swoop in and save her. He right. has a conversation with her. Yeah, he and and it's one of those things where it's like, is that a Grant Morrison story? I think it is. I think it's Grant Morrison. Um, and and, and Morrison's take on Superman has never really impressed me. But that scene, yes, well, and, that, and that's a good. That's a good piece. Yeah, it, but I think that there's. It kind of sums it up. It's like he's, and a lot of this comes out of the fact that you know the, the creators of Superman were bringing a lot of their own Jewish faith into the story. Because you have it's Moses, yeah. so there's there's a religious core to it that, that I think that really kind of this idea of hope, this idea of a a deliverer, gonna, a deliverer, a savior, um, and and which means we've got a lot of Jesus imagery every time Superman's up in the sky, right? Yeah, and but see, they get the metaphor wrong because he's not a Christ figure so much as he is Moses. That that yeah. So it's but anyway, um, so it's yeah. I think I think that that whatever they do, and this is I think, Gunn is a comic book fan, so I'm I'm fingers crossed, right? You know, fingers yeah. crossed, um, and I think he's shown that through other, through his other films, understanding of the of genre extremely well. He does horror, he does comedy, um, he does action. He's done these various things. Um, if he finds the right people to play the parts, I think the story potential is there. Yeah. And he's got the tools in terms of the guidelines of the character. And he's also got an example of... Okay, again, if you're a fan of the Snyderverse, I'm... I'm sorry. Uh, good for you. Congratulations. It's done. It's and gone. I'm sorry it's, it's not coming back. But the thing is, is that it's also an example of what audiences didn't seem to want. Yeah. And so, so Gunn can look at that and go, okay... I'm not going to do this. And you know what? James Gunn's version might not work either. Well, and, and if it, if it doesn't, what is David Zaslav going to do then? Well, um, the, well, ba the Batman being its own separate thing yeah. will turn into its own well, universe. Wolverine 66, do you expect Superman to look like classic Superman in the new movie or the recent no red trunk Superman? Here's what I want. Because I've now seen it. Mm. I want at least for a little bit because he's just arriving in Metropolis because he's just getting started as Superman, right? I want the Fleischer costume. 
I wouldn't mind the Fleischer costume stuck around the entire time. I'd it's be a fine great with that. Look. I'd be fine with that. Or the and we've seen it now mm -hmm. in live action in Superman and Lois, and right. it works. Mm -hmm. Right. And with the right lens, the right color palette, and stuff, and you don't make it all dark, grim, dark, gritty mess. You could you could have the Fleischer cartoon, especially if you go with Burns' idea that Martha Kent made it. I don't mind the trunks. I don't. I, I get why they go away from the trunks because you're wearing your underwear on the outside. It's the old joke, right? Right. But at the same time, again, there's there's a. You know I, how you know how you tie it in. You know how you, how you explain the trunks mm. and justify it. Mm. Jonathan Kent was a wrestling fan, and so he's got all. Or Jonathan's dad was a wrestling fan. He's got all of these magazines of old old wrestlers and strongmen and circus and and so he's got all these pictures all these pictures. Or maybe maybe Clark was a wrestler in Smallville and that's how he learned not to hurt people. That could work too. That could work too. All right, so we've gone long um, and we finally we finally I think got all the bugs worked out, but we're going to we're going to wrap it up there. Uh, we want optimistic hope Positive, and you could have a dramatic, thing. scary story. Yeah, you could do that. But, you could do that. But Clark, you gotta have, you gotta, have, you gotta get that right. Yep. So that's that's where we'll leave it. And I don't know what we'll talk about next week. Maybe maybe all of the different parts that we want Brenda Fraser to play. <laughs> He's open to another mummy. Let's do it. Let's uh, do it. Yeah. All right. In the meantime, as if you long want as you to bring give back us the original cast, there you go. If you want to bring uh, bring us your suggestions of what you want to see in uh, in a Superman movie, what's your Superman wish list? Let us know. Connect with us on all the different social media platforms. Uh, tie in with the other video platforms where we're here. Uh, you can sign up for the newsletter. Get on our Discord, and uh, if you are so inclined. Uh, jump in and join uh, the members and, and get a membership and, and we'll maybe be doing some of that uh, maybe some members only streams if we have more than two members at some point so that'll be it uh, Dave says it was nice having the two of you in the same space for the show it was, it was nice, nice yeah. being back yes mm -hmm. uh, SB says optimistic hopeful positive and external underwear that's, that's what we, he wants in the super there we go all right, that's going to do it for us tonight, folks. Thank you very much for being exactly. here. Glad to be back at the studio. We'll, we'll see do you it can... again next week. Yeah. Bye. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi for Me Radio, copyright 2023, by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. You're listening to Sci-Fi for Me Radio.